attention, attention please. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is on the air. Hello and welcome to the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. My name is Christopher Thomason. I am your host for this and many, many more trips down memory lane. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is a podcast dedicated to collecting the stories, the history, the memories of Camp Ojibwa for Boys in Eagle River, Wisconsin, founded 1928. This week's guest on the podcast, Bob Nachman. Bob Nachman came in, sat down. We had a great talk. You're going to hear all about it. Uh, we talked about his experience at camp, uh, touched on his brother a little bit, and talked about some stories with Jim as well. So I think you'll enjoy that. Of course, before we get to that, a little housekeeping. May 6th, 2017. You know you've heard me say it. If it's not in your calendar, this one's on you. I've said it. I've said it a ton of times. May 6th, 2017, OJ90. It's going to be incredible. We're going to be out at the Westin over in Wheeling. So... Get ready for a great time. It's going to be an amazing whole weekend. We've got a ton of stuff planned. But right now, all you need to remember is Saturday, May 6th, 2017. If you have not already done so and you want to, you need to head over to CampoJibbaHistory.org and pick up your commemorative brick that will go in the ground right in front of the Collegiate Week bench, also known as the Yellow Bench. It's time. And uh, there's no time like the present. What's the best Halloween present you can get a person? That's right. A commemorative brick. You heard it here first. So get over there and get that done if you've not done so already. And if you have, go back, get another one. Why not? Why not have two? It'll be amazing. Okay, enough of that stuff. Here we go. Bob Nachman on the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. Please say your name and your years at Camp Ojibwa. I'm a Bob Nachman. Uh, I was at camp from 1962 through 1969, and then again in 1971, and again in 1973. Very nice. How do you first find out about Camp Ojibwa? I first found out about it because um, my brother Jim, who was two years older than I was, and I um, had gone to Camp Strongheart in mm. Lake Tomahawk, Wisconsin, and where my father had gone. And uh, the camp was splitting up after 1961 uh, and uh, looking for a new place to go. And my uncle, Burton Monk, my mother's brother, had gone to Ojibwa. Ah. And I don't know if it was in my uh, memory bank before that. I kind of don't think so because we weren't looking. But then sure. um, Ojibwa uh, got into the picture. We met with Al, and then that was a done deal. <laughs> of course. he come over to the house and yeah. do the whole spiel? Right. Very nice. Uh, so were you starting camp a little bit older because you had already been? Yes, I, I was older. I, in 1962, I was almost 12. I was right. started in cabin eight. And I think Everyone that year, except for me and maybe one other guy, had been there for two or three years sure. at least and knew everybody. And that yeah. was initially an issue, but quickly not. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, being a little tough coming in older, but it does seem to just sort of swallow you right up. And yeah. After I mean, a few you know, weeks. The, the more easygoing you are, the, the doable athletic you are. The, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know. Were you a sports guy already? Did you already like sports? I was pretty much a sports guy. I'm a pretty good athlete, not a spectacular athlete, but a, but sure. I liked it. Nice. Was the other camp was was it, was it sort of a sports based camp as well? 
Less so. Um, it was much more rustic, no electricity in the cabins, oh. and uh, a little bit more trips and outdoors, although I wasn't such an outdoor person myself. Yeah. Um, but no, it was more of a uh, l- less leagues and less organized athletics and more just camp craft and gotcha. stuff like that. Yeah. So you head up to camp. Uh, it's 62. Are you still on a train at that point? or is You it- are on a train. You're yes. on an overnight train. <laughs> I assume this is your, is it the first time? Did you take a train to the other camp? I think I probably did, although yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, you know, Lake Tomahawk is not, you know. It's, it's not it's, as remote, right? It, it, well, no, it, it, it's about as far away. Oh, well, I mean, I it, 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 it's up there. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking. It was... It's pretty near Minocqua, actually. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Nice. So you, you get on a train, overnight train. Yeah. Uh, are, do you have any other friends who are going to Ojibwe other than your brother? and? No, other than my brother, I don't think I, I knew anybody because I was at that point uh, from the south side of Chicago. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I said, I, where are you guys I, from? Yeah. I, we, I grew up in, in South Shore, uh, about 7,400 south, and then uh, in 19... 19- 63, uh, Visitor's Weekend, actually, uh, ni- 1963. My, my parents come up to Visiting Weekend and say, Bob, I know you've just been elected president of the Bryn Mawr School, but you're not going to serve because, you know, your father got an interesting job opportunity in Highland Park, and we're moving to Highland Park. Wow. So there you go. So I found out <laughs> at Visitor's Weekend in 1963 that... Uh, my time on the south side of Chicago would be over. Wow. So, right. So in that time, I guess, not a lot of... It was already not really a lot of south side kids coming to camp. No. I mean, the south side of Chicago, I don't think almost any. Then you, you had the people who were down in uh, Homewood Flossmoor, the rich east kids and things like that. But almost yeah. nobody from South Shore, yeah. as far as I knew. And then pretty soon, now you're in Highland Park and you're just right there with everybody else pretty quickly. Yeah. So coming up to camp... Uh, I, I've discovered in my talks that everyone, uh, while some of the early years can be a little blurry, there is some very solid, vivid first memories. So what really is the very first thing you can remember st- about Camp Ojibwe? Oh, I don't know. I mean, in, in, in I remember going under the arch. I remember singing, here's to Camp Ojibwe. <laughs> Picked it up fairly quickly. Sure. Uh, and then just the open space of the, uh, of the campus. And then the, the, uh, Cabins were a uh, darn sight uh, nicer and bigger than uh, oh. Camp Strongheart. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, had electric lights, which was fun. Uh, you didn't have to go outside to use the toilet, which was fun. <laughs> and uh, That's a pretty significant difference. And then the food was just really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great because you, you really did have a, a comparison. So often the guys I talked to, you know, were going to Ojibwe one way or the other. They either were, their family had gone or uh, it was, they knew Al or the family knew Al mm-hmm. or whatever. So it was a kind of a done deal. And so it's so rare to get someone who actually had a couple of years under their belt somewhere else, had the food somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> so you're there at camp, you're a little bit older. Do you remember any of the guys you're in the cabin with or any of your early counselors? Oh, I remember everybody. <laughs> I mean, Silly question. So, yeah, I mean, so in my cabin was uh, Stewie Chesick, Scott Schisler, uh, two kids from Indiana, Irving Hoffman and Paul Lowenstein, uh, uh, Gary Kagan, uh, Steve Hamer, nice. uh, Ken Bagan, who probably was my became my closest friend at camp, mm. uh, Mitch Holub. Uh, let's see, there was. Those were those were the main guys. Yeah, uh, and are those guys st- you still stay in touch with? I stay in touch. N- I stay in touch with Ken Bagan. Um, other people, when I see them, I'm glad to see them. I've seen Gary Kagan, you know, every you know, every five years or so, we run into each other or something. Sure. I'm always happy to see them. I don't really keep keep in touch with them. Yeah, that much. And you're a few years uh, younger than like Elliot and George Sachs and that crew. That is- yeah, I'm. I'm some of yeah, those. several years younger. I mean, like 
five at least. I yeah, think. those guys become sort of long timers. Yeah, <laughs> old timers. Right. And, even and, do and, and I think probably my age cohort um, has sort of gotten lost in the mix. I mean, I I I, I think they. Um, I mean, it seems like the people older than me have tight relationships with each other still, and the people younger than me do. But mm-hmm. I don't think there are really very many of my group that are are that tight at this point. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I was looking at your years, and as we're talking about this, uh, there is that big contingent from the 50s with guys who lasted forever, like Elliot and mm-hmm. Saxon and Denny coming in and things like that. And then you do get into the, the guys that I've talked to from the 60s tend to have sort of been caught in the 60s and that was it they were there within the 60s and there was no sort of like permanent guys or guys who stuck around forever um it did seem to be sort of uh less close-knit did, did you talk to steve katz oh well yes i did i did okay talk so to steve. steve was basically a year older than than i was okay excellent he he definitely yeah. counts as a long timer that's <laughs> yeah, fair yeah, yeah yes he does <laughs> Yes, I, I met Steve. The first time I met Steve was like maybe my second year at camp. This guy was just around, and I'd never seen mm-hmm. him before. And then he was like, oh, it's Steve Katz. He was here, whatever. And uh, I go in, and, and Steve's like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm the theater guy. And I'm- well, if, if, <laughs> it, as, as a theater guy, uh, Intercabin Sing in 1962, we we were pretty strong, I think. We, 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 we did some good things. Yeah. Uh, and then... Steve Katz is in cabin nine or ten, and they do something like uh, Jenny Jenkins, you know. Oh, will you wear red, oh, my dear, oh, my dear, oh, will you wear red, Jenny Jenkins? And then Katz comes in, I won't wear red because it looks like a bed or something like that. <laughs> and and, and I, I knew our chances of winning were gone. <laughs> Brings the house down. Yeah. Uh, now, were the sort of uh, music and dramatics and that side of things, were those always appealing to you at camp? That was thrilling to me at camp. I mean, at that point, um, they had Howie Miller and, and Rick Canoff. Mm. Uh, Rick Canoff later became famous as, as a guy from the flock, a, a yeah. band that uh, had great renown. But, um, but Howie Miller was this heavy set guy and he played piano and they would do Ray Charles stuff mm. and it was it was as exciting as could be you know yeah. i'm like 11 years old and you're hearing this stuff and it it was great yeah so i liked that a lot and i liked the singing and and it was really you know the first time i'd ever done much of that you know, sure. I, I wasn't a theater guy in high in 7th uh, grade 6th grade whatever yeah. it was no so it was terrific really and it's really interesting to me because camp has this reputation for being, you know, a jock camp, a sports mm-hmm. camp and all this stuff. And yet it has, first of all, a very strong sort of dramatic uh, background, we'll say, both yeah. music and stage. But also it gives guys who would never do it an opportunity and a safe place to do it, to get on stage and just go at it. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing, I mean, the first year, the uh, collegiate week, Illinois, a guy named Bert Rubenstein was the coach, and uh, and they did um, the stunt night. He wrote stunt night. It was kind of had guys and dolls kinds of things, and and he was great. And, and he gave me a part. I was skipping around, uh, singing like it's raining, it's pouring, the old man is thrilling, and and he was he was doing. Oh, sinner man, where are you going to run to? You know, and it, sure. it was, I mean, it was great to see people doing it and, and, and being part of it. Yeah. And of course, I love doing that now. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I'm sure that some of that got sparked right there so totally. on that very stage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I love talking to these guys. I mean, because we really have had a history of great musicians, too. And I think that's helped, like whether it was Lou Maker or mm-hmm. Lou Fletcher or... Yeah. Dale Fisk or Paul James later. I yeah. mean, all through these years, we've had these guys who were just virtuosos in their own way. Yeah, they, they were they were great to be with, and they were so accessible. And yeah, that really uh, not not the kind of opportunity a kid normally gets. No, and certainly not the one you would expect to get at a sports camp. No. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Collegiate Week, mm-hmm. arguably the most important sporting event ever, ever anywhere in the history of all time. <laughs> uh, what's your uh, What's your history with sport uh, with uh, Collegiate Week? Oh, I had I had. 
pretty good luck with collegiate. <laughs> he says humbly. So I, 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 my first year, I, uh, I won uh, collegiate week with Illinois. I was, I had a great benefit there. I was sort of unknown because I was a first year guy. Oh and right, so I was and a little older, so you had yeah. both going. So, yeah. so I, I was picked. A little bit later than I should, I, I think. It was hard hard that night being left when many people were gone. And then Illinois, you know, Bert Rubenstein picked old. Mm. So in the uh, in the field hockey matches or the knock hockey matches, whatever, I was I was usually playing, uh, you know, a 10-year-old. And I could do that. <laughs> My marble skills were, were quite swell. Sure. So I won collegiate week as a uh, first time. And then had a drought for a while. Then when I was first pick, we did okay. But again, doing great stuff with stunt night and sure. things like that. My, I was Mike Bagan's first pick. Have you talked to Mike? I have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Mike, Mike is a special guy for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we did great stunts. And then as when I was a junior counselor, I think I was... My brother's junior counselor. My brother mm. was the senior counselor. We did okay. But, but, I mean, the best Collegiate Week story was in 71 or 73 when we created uh, the University of Massachusetts. I, I don't know how much, you know. I need to hear the whole story. You know, so, <laughs> so this is, you know, I, I, I'm, I think it's 19, it's either 71 or 73. And, you know... I'm a coach, you know, and everybody's looking for an edge. And song night, you get points. And it's, and as someone who's a little theatrical, you know, it's hard to do much with, you know, we're loyal to you, Illinois, in a, in a new way. So, you know, the, they had these, this big book of college fight songs. And, you know, I was friends with Lou Mager. I said, Lou, you know, let's sit down, let's see if we can, any of these songs are worth anything. And, you know, we'll... You know, spark it up and things yeah. and he starts playing things like you know horned frogs we're all for you or i mean they're they're <laughs> terrible i mean the, 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 we, we these are not so good so i'm not sure if it was if it was i or if it was lou who said um we can write our own and and it was so delicious i mean i mean i mean yeah I, you know I think we just sort of dismissed it. I found saying we couldn't do that. And then we just kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, yeah, we could. <laughs> but, and, and, the, and the problem was, or the issue was, that we needed a school that was plausible so that people would know there was a school. Sure. Um, and it had to, it, I figured it had to be sort of big so that, you know. But, but it had to be a school that nobody knew the fights on. And, and of course, so, so I, I picked, I think it was me, I, 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 I picked the University of Massachusetts. Now, you know, there's no internet. Sure. And there had been no talented sports guys from the University of Massachusetts. I mean, a couple years later, they got to be Julius Irving. Right. Which, which would have nixed <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> and, and so, but it, it turned out that not only... Did nobody at camp know the fight song? I mean, we didn't know anything about the school. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I knew where it was. It was in Amherst. Right. But and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, I mean, we invented the colors. We invented <laughs> campus landmarks. You know, it was, it was great. And, and, you know, Lou, I, 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 you know, Lou was going to be the music guy, and I was going to be the words guy. And, and I, I said to I, I said, look, I said, the, the fight song, I always like those fight songs where they have a beginning part that only, um, uh, on, only the, the alumni know. And then it breaks into the part where everybody knows. So, sure. so, so in, a, in a song they were making up from whole collection, so I want, I want a, a long introduction so that only the hardcore <laughs> alumni, who of course don't exist, would know it. You, you, know, you know, the part of, like, Notre Dame that goes, valiant sons of Notre Dame, sing her glory, you know, and right. then... And then everyone else runs into the chorus, yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we created one of those, and Lou, <laughs> Lou was great at this. Lou, Lou, Lou was terrific. And so, so we put this together. I mean, and, and you know, as we were going along, uh, 
I said, okay, we need a campus landmark. So you have underneath old Bailey's Tower. I think I think Bailey was a friend of of Lou's. <laughs> sure. Um, and it it was it was wonderful. And then I I created a cheer, uh, and we couldn't we didn't tell anybody. I mean I didn't I didn't tell my brother. I mean it was. <laughs> and uh, remind me what the colors were again. <laughs> Yellow and brown. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We'll wear the yellow and brown as we cover the ground. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's very good for a lyricist to be able to, you know, if we wanted something else, it would have been blue and white. Sure, you know, and and cougars. I I don't know if there are any cougars around Massachusetts, but it it, it, it scanned. You know, as the mighty Absolutely. cougars tear up the town. It's good. And so, it, yeah. So the whole week, and we had a great team. I mean, we end up winning the week, I think. Um, but it was. You know, we didn't tell anybody. And, you know, we're hoping nobody is going to have, you know, a brother or a cousin right, who went of course, there. Yeah. Um, and, and then we were, you know, sort of fantasizing all sorts of, you know, incredible punishments. If, if we were, you know, are we going to get kicked <laughs> out of camp? You know, what, what, what would happen here? But, you know, I'm sure none of that would have happened. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it, 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 it didn't. So that that was that was like uh, the, the the most scandalous thing I think I ever did at Camp Amazing, Ojibwe. and you won. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah. top of it all. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, I I'd like to think it was all me, but but David Matazar had a lot to do with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. We have him on the line, so hopefully he's coming or to be on the uh, podcast. So oh, hopefully well, he'll be fun the, to talk in the near future. Um, that's tremendous. And I, and I think that's the end of it. I don't know that UMass has ever made a, ret- a return to the week. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I uh, don't. If so, I, I doubt they used the same fight song. <laughs> oh, blah, blah. I mean, I, I have no idea what their ordinary fight song is. So I couldn't tell you. I mean, I think it was either 73 my last year or 71 the year before mm. the, the last time. Yeah. That's fantastic. Camp in general, you go and you presumably have a good time your first sure. year. What what are the things that bring you back? What what is it that after you got home that first summer? What are the things you're telling mom and dad like? This is why I got to go. Oh well, I mean, I mean the sports were fine. I mean it, it it wasn't a hard sell. I mean it was, although my father had he'd gone to a camp for a, a few years. There wasn't a a, a, a tradition of certainly going to Ojibwe or anything, but it was thought you know, that you should get out and, and go to camp. So hmm. it, was, it wasn't hard to do. And then, of course, when you got to be a junior counselor, you know, you're, you're going to get paid a little bit. You're not sure. going to be off the dole. Um, no, so it, it, was, it was really pretty easy. I mean, I'd made friends. Um, and, you know, of course, you're looking forward, you know, to being, you know, in the upper end of an age group. So your Certainly. athletics will be, uh, you know, better appreciated. <laughs> No, but I, I, I remember I, I hadn't played 16-inch softball much. Mm. Um, and I, 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 the only thing I remember in collegiate week, one week, one year. No, it was, I think maybe it was Illinois. that our, our, our first pick, no, it wasn't something. I was playing with Louis Schwartz. Louis Schwartz was a, a legend. He was a wonderful, you know, spectacularly talented basketball player. Went to Roosevelt, um, Louis the Load. <laughs> what I, a name! I remember I, I was I was pitching, maybe for his watermelon league team. I don't know what it was. I'm probably too old for that. But I was pitching, and I had like three and O on a guy, and he comes up to me. He's playing shortstop, of course, and he says, "If you walk this guy, I'm going to hit you so hard." And, and of course, at that point, you know, my next pitch, you know, went about five feet and <laughs> wasn't the best motivation right. for it. But uh, that's funny. But no, that was uh, that was good. So, no, I was hooked and, and my brother was, too. And it was. Uh, yeah, it was all good. <laughs> now, uh, are you a part of the uh, Camp Ojibwe Braves organization? Eventually? Oh, I, I, oh, I was a brave. Sure. Yes, I remember that. I, I, I think I was pretty much around the same time, although maybe because I was a first year, I think because I was a, well, you get to be a brave at your, when you're 12 or 13 or something. Yeah, I think that's right. It's yeah. Robert Fage. Yeah. Okay, I think I was one of the last guys to be a brave because I was a, a newer guy, Sure. I think. 
and I became a warrior as well. Excellent. You know, why not? <laughs> Very nice. Anything that sticks out? So, cause you're kind of at the, at that period of time where, um, the old, old school brave methods had kind of started to. Ease yeah. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I think probably everybody believes that the guys in front of them got beat up a lot worse than they did. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, part of it is the, just the, the fear in the story. So, sure. I mean, I, I, I think, I still, I think I, the, the name's Johnny Barrick and um, Aberman, big swimmer guy, Aberman, as, as my initiators. Mm. But I made it. It wasn't. Yeah. No. no, no. <laughs> I, I did fine. Sure. I, and everybody did fine. Like so many things at camp. Yeah. Uh, those before were so much better, yeah. bigger, louder, longer, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was it like? having a brother at camp, like what's that experience? Like, cause a lot of guys do and then a lot of guys don't. Um, yeah. Do you get to, were you guys, did you hang a lot together or were you yeah. kind of the brother? Did you know my did? brother? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah. so having, having my, having Jim as my brother at camp was very different than having <laughs> a Fair brother enough. at camp. Sure. No, it, it, it was really interesting. I mean, on the one hand it was comforting cause he was there. Um, on the other, you know, he's a, he's a different guy. I mean, we both like the spotlight, but, in different ways. Sure. Um, so it was a little bit complicating, mm. um, you know, and, and I, I sort of, I sort of viewed myself as kind of the, the policeman as, as to whether, you know, the, the line between laughing at and laughing with is ah. something that I'm very much more attuned to gotcha. than I think Jim was. And I was always sort of watching that, mm, sure. you know, watching out for him a little bit. Yeah. Um, turned out he didn't really need my help, but uh, <laughs> well, still, yeah. It's always fascinating to me with the brothers because the, you know people are so different. Some brothers will come up and they just are together all the time, no matter the age difference. And other brothers come up and literally don't speak all summer and yeah. they go home to the same house. And yeah. Oh no, we we were certainly friends. We we weren't you know, inseparable by any means. Mm -hmm. we, we were our own people. And, and I think he liked, you know, I, I hung out with his friends, you know, and I sort of was a kid brother. I had sort of an entree to the older guys. Nice. I wouldn't. Have. And then I remember, you know, I was always, you know, hoping he'd do well at things. And, and there was one, I think in the, in the watermelon league championship game, he was, he was in cabin 13 and his team hadn't made it to the finals, mm -hmm. but the guy, like the, the best hitter on one of the teams had to go home early. So Jim was substituting as ah. the uh, as the player, you know, for mm -hmm. this guy so that the teams would be about even. And it turns out that, that the thing comes down to Jim at the plate. And like it's, you know, the seventh inning, the bases are loaded or something. And, you know, I'm really hoping he's, you know, going to knock it somewhere. And yeah. To my horror, he hits up pop up to to the uh, to the shortstop. I think the shortstop name is a guy named Gary Linden. And you know, my heart's sinking and then I see that he's lost it in the sun. He has no idea where it is. So he's, he he sort of turns around and around and the ball sort of drops at his feet and wow. and, and, <laughs> and and Jim's team wins the game. <laughs> wow. What a story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still remember that. I, he he dodged a bullet there. That's great. So, what about some of the other uh, aspects of camp? We talked about sports a little bit and uh, the breaks, but uh, the things that aren't necessarily like your league sports. Were there any of those th things that stuck out for you, like waterfront, archery, riflery, any of that sort of the secondary things? Any oh, of those that it, really? It was, I remember, you know, early on, I did something really great at shop. You know, with a with a, one of those belt sanders. Oh. Um, that was fun. I mean, you, but after a while, you didn't do quite sure. that much. Um, other things, you know, riflery, archery was was fun enough. Uh, the um, the music and stuff was really swell, and, and the and the theater stuff. Uh, athletically, volleyball was something I got into mm. a lot, and that was sort of Mike Bagan's doing. Mike was the one who sort of, you know 
made volleyball into a thing, ah. you, you know, sort of insisting that you, you know, bump the ball rather than, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, and, play, and, and, play correctly. Basically. And so that was fun. And I, I, I ended up playing, you know, at Michigan um, volleyball, but not... It wasn't what volleyball is now. Well, sure. I mean, it was sort of like club sport, but that was fun, and uh, so that was good. And, and when you guys had volleyball, did you uh, have sand or did you play on grass? You played remember? on grass and dirt. It was I, it wasn't beach volleyball. Yeah, at all. I know that. I mean, it's beach now, and it's been beach for a long time. I'm just not sure when the uh, when they decided to put yeah, that in. Certainly by when I my last year as a counselor in '73, it was still grass. Mm. Um, and that was, uh, that was, I was a good swimmer. I, I, I would, I did, took second in the swim meet. Oh, sure. Uh, did you guys still do the island swims at that time? Yes. Yes. We, <laughs> yes, we did that. I, I, I don't know whether I swam in from the island as part of the obstacle course. I'm sure one year I did, but, yeah. um, of all the uh, sort of historic memories of camp, that is the one thing to me that just boggles the mind of a kid now. Because our swim area does stops at the raft. Mm-hmm. That's all they're allowed to do. And to think about guys swimming around two islands, three islands, across the lake, like, that's just yeah. mind-blowing. Now, I... By the time... It was certainly a one... You would swim around one island. I think maybe one year I swam around two, but then I think maybe they stopped the two-island swim. Or something. I don't. I don't know exactly. I remember, of course, like everybody else, the the four peer test. You know, and sure. it's freezing. <laughs> of course, you know, that, that's not fun. Yeah, very um, early in the summer when you're jumping in for that. That's, yes. Yeah. So we talked about some of your friends uh, that you've stayed connected with, and some of the people like Mike Bagan, who you were really close with. Uh, what about and, and his brother Kenny was my and age Kenny too, right? Uh, what about uh, guys who might have been your counselors or who you in turn were counselors for that you really clicked with? Okay, well, let's see. Um, I was, uh, Scotty Levenfeld was my senior counselor in uh, Cabin 11 one year when I was a junior counselor. That, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty is a curious fellow. Yeah. Um, now, to be fair. And have, a very good guy. I have never met Scott. Oh, I like Scott. Yeah. I mean, Scott's Scott's a kick, but he, he he's his own <laughs> he's his own individual. Like so many of the classic uh, Camp Ojibwe characters. Yes, yes, no. So Scott was, um, yeah, and and we had we we had great kids in those cabins. I mean, they were interesting people, and I, I see a lot of them. You know, just you know, here and there. I'm always glad to see them. Yeah. Uh, I I was better with. Older kids than younger. I, I was only in a cabin south of cabin eight once. My my, my first year as a senior counselor, I was in cabin three. Mm. That was a <laughs> that was a handful. It's a big and, change from. <laughs> and uh, and and then so counselors I liked. Um, oh, you know Sandy Maravitz I liked you know very much. Uh, um, I had a, a funny group of counselors. I, in my first year, I had a guy named Shelley Gottlieb, who was the medicine man at that, who ran the medicine man at that that point, mm-hmm. and, and a guy named Mike Allspector, Mike the Buzzard Allspector. And I remember at the near the end of the year, we were horsing around, and and he was jumped on a on a bed that had uh, uh, Gary Kagan was hiding under and he broke Gary Kagan's <laughs> arm. That wasn't a, <laughs> an ideal <laughs> way to do this. Right. Oh, in terms of sports, I was, I was pretty good at horseshoes. I have, ah. I have a couple of medals in horseshoes. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, marbles again. You're still there for the, um, <clears throat> when you would get the plaque and put the little uh, metal things in it? Is that... Or have you moved into the achievement certificate era? The first couple of years, you did the plaque. I mean, you you would you would sand the pl- you you would yes. go to the the, <laughs> the shop and then I think sand it and then and then you'd get a few little things like that. Yeah, those those were doable, but never <laughs> never my my favorite. Uh, I've I've now um, I went to see Steve while I was on the trip. I went to see Steve Katz out in Vale, and he had a couple of his, and they're the first ones I've actually seen. I just mm-hmm. heard stories about these, and guys tend to have, you know, 
like camp goes, really great memories about what these things are. Yeah. And I, was like, I mean, it's really great. And yeah. obviously you were a kid and you put all your energy into it and it's amazing, but it's, you know, it's a piece of wood that probably was mostly done when you got it to begin with anyway. Very little sand. The sanding yeah, was probably right, more right. Yeah, sure. no, I don't, I don't, I don't think creativity uh, <laughs> right. in terms of uh, creating those things. Some sort of gigantic Indian head sticker that had been put on askew in some way. Yeah. Uh, perhaps dolled up with a little extra paint here and there for no apparent reason. And then <laughs> yeah, ha- haphazard application of these little miniature metals. It was adorable and perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I don't believe I have any of those. Yeah. But then it moved on into the achievement certificates, yeah, yes. right? Where you got checked off for the things you did. Yes, and I, 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 I don't know if anybody was ever into the race to get the most, but it, it didn't interest me very much. Sure, you know. You know. Sure. I always like to ask, tell me a little bit about Alan Pearl. Did you have any sort of like personal relationship with them? Was it strictly camper and director? Mostly camper and director, but 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 I think. I mean, Al had a spirit that, that probably everybody picked up, but the the theater part of Al, the 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 the, the, the dramatic part of it, I, I think I liked very much. I mean, he was yeah. always he he always knew who he was in relation to other people, and and that he was. Um, you know, the morning ritual, you know, morning boys, you know, whatever. And then the, you know, exercise by the, by the lake. Sure. And, and, you know, I appreciated it as theater. I mean, and, mm. and I, and I experienced it as theater, you, you know, inhale up, you know, and, and it, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was great. It, you know, and, and it, it, and it molded everybody into a group, you know, mm. which is what, what ritual does. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, the stories about his sort of showmanship and mm-hmm. the, the, the things in the mess hall, the dinner, the, the clinks and the clanks and the, yeah. is everybody happy? And, and Oh, yeah. No, all, know, all of that was, was great. And, and, and Pearl, um, I like Pearl. I didn't know Pearl as well as, as some. And, and um, yet even when I was a counselor, um, you know, I was always happy to see her. And then when I would you know, write a song or something, she would... You know, say how much you appreciated oh, sure. and, and, and things like that. So, I, no, and I remember Pearl was playing cards. Mm. And I, I wasn't a card player. You know, my brother was a card player. So ah. I, I expect they played nice cards. And then what about uh, like Denny and Mickey? Because by the time you're there, Denny and Mickey are kind of running the program and running the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is that a different thing? Is that a little more a situation where campers might have kind of a one-on-one with those guys? Well, again, I never really had a one-on-one. I mean, Mickey... Um, Mickey and I were, were simpatico. Mickey, mm. Mickey um, uh, was sort of a, a creative guy. I, I think had some aspirations to be a writer at some point. We we talked about that um, a bit. Uh, Denny, you know, I, I like Denny. I mean, I mean, I I, I had a. I remember after my first year in college, when you know, like many people after their first year in college, you you think you know more than. Mm everybody else and and, and <laughs> sure. I, I had just determined I wanted to be an English major and so I I think I read about 20 books that summer I mean it, it was incredible I would go to the the rock you know that you know mm. you I know it used to be called Knox Rock because I would sit there like <laughs> way too much time for a counselor in Is cabin this the rock three down, like down from the infirmary like that yeah one? right sure, yeah the one that, the one that goes there and and I I mean, I, I, as I said, I read way more than I should have. <laughs> I've read five books in the summer and felt like I really accomplished something. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that was that that that, that summer I think was was um, uh, I I don't know if if the camp got got their best work out of me that <laughs> that summer. But. Oh, this was a staff year. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes, oh, yes, it was a staff year. I thought maybe as a camper you were just taking your time. No, 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 no. This, this, this was a staff year, but, but, but you, know, you know, two years later they got the University of Massachusetts. There you go. So it, it, all, it all worked out. That's great. Tell me a little bit about, well, let me ask you this. Um, 
uh, obviously I, I did know your brother and, mm. uh, I knew him from, you know, from visiting a camp and, yeah. and whatever. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I'm not going to have the opportunity to interview him for this. So, no. um, if you might be so kind, if you know a couple of good stories, uh, camper kind of stories, if you're, com- if, if that's uncomfortable or, no, or whatever, you, please you don't. Know, I, do, I mean, well, camp to him was, was really, uh, wonderfully important and, and he, uh, and he kept in touch with uh, lots of people. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean one one very one funny story, which uh, is, is sort of maudlin too, is when he passed away, mm-hmm. which was of course on a trip with Elliot and kids from Camp Ojibwa right. and things. I got a call from the Tribune. And they and they said, "How did he die?" And you know, I said he was on a trip with kids, and uh, you know, and 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 the reporter, you know, was just dying for these kids to be, you know, cancer survivors, <laughs> or or that somehow he had died trying to to, to save their lives. Sure. And I had to say, no, <laughs> they, these these were these were kids that uh, he was very fond of, you know, from from a summer camp he had gone <laughs> you, right. you, you could see that, that that part of the story was not going to get into right. the uh, the obituary they were but, looking for something a little more dramatic yeah but 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 jim jim loved the camp and 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 it, and it uh and he um it, it was very important to him i mean it's yeah. very important to me but in a in a different way and less Sustained o- o- sure. over time. I yeah. mean, I, I I have great memories of camp, but I, I I was clearly not as involved in the fabric, right? Right. As Jim was. Um, Rock and Robin, <clears throat> I've been told was his showpiece. Uh, is that something that? Uh, tell me about that. I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Is uh, it, did it was it, did it start when he was a camper? Did it start when he was a staff guy? Start when he was a staff guy. I mean, I mean, when he was a camper. He, I, I don't, I don't know that he was ever, even in, in, in the, well, the minstrel show to start with, certainly oh, sure. not. And, and then in, in the Jubilee, I, I don't, as a camper, I don't think he was, because mm. he was only a camper for three years. Because sure. you know, all oh, right, because he was even much older. Yeah, so yeah, he was. He was, right, he was two years older than than I was. So in '62, he was fourteen, almost fourteen. Right. You know, that makes like sense. Fourteen in August. So he was only there for three years, and I think he really came into his own. Later. I mean, he was a very good athlete. He was good in mm-hmm. in basketball. He could hit the ball a ton. So he did fine. But I think all of the evolution of that w- was certainly as a a counselor. Gotcha. And of course, Jim and I used to sing songs, you know, all the time. Sure. And, uh, and, and Rock and Robin was, uh, it was curious. I, I kind of didn't like it. I mean, it, it was there. The, I mean, again, I mean, the, the line between laughing with, laughing at. Right. I, mean, I was a little bit m- probably more sensitive than. I should have been, and sure. he was probably a little bit less than he should have been. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But uh, no, that was fun, and then you know he enjoyed doing the kiddish, and and he mm-hmm. I, I he had you know he had great feelings toward the place. Yeah, I've definitely um, any of the guys I've talked to from this era or or that era, uh, Rock and Robin definitely comes up. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely sticks out one way or the other. And, yeah, and and not in. Uh, and and I, I I hope it stands out as sort of great fun as yes. as for me, you know Howie Miller and Ricky Canoff doing, what did I say? Hmm. Except in my mind, you know that was like real, and and, and and Jim's was half real, half a parody, and right. Do what you do with it. Right. And he was your brother. So like, you're like, yeah. oh, I get it. I know what yeah. you do. I know your stick. <laughs> yeah. Whereas guys you didn't know, you're like, whoa, that's cool. You can do that yeah. thing. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. So uh, post 73, do you go back for post camp or anything I like that? I went back for post camp with my family 
about three summers. It was great. I have two daughters, mm. and uh, yeah, it was swell. That's and anti Ojibwa, by the way. If you only have daughters, that well, that's you're not doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what what, what? what can I tell you? It's. Uh, uh, I was I was delighted. Um, you know, had I, I would have been delighted with sons. Sure, of course. Um, <laughs> no, but that that was that was that was swell. I, yeah. I and I I don't know when the last time I was there. I mean, I I'm, I always liked it, mm-hmm. I, and I, I it's fun to go. And in fact, I mean, I, the ironic thing is, as an adult, I've become much more of a camper than oh, I, I mean, an outdoor person. Yeah. I mean, I I would hate trip day. I mean, I remember. The canoe trips, I mean, I would hope for rain. And it was, I, I remember in, in Cabin 13, the, the two-day canoe trip, it was, it was, <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, you you, you, you over across Eagle Lake or whatever, which right. was endless, and then the, and the thing's going the wrong way. And we're camping, and Kenny Bagan and I are in this pouring rain. And, you know, we're not, didn't set up the tent very well so that... The uh, the sides, which are supposed to be you know taut, so they don't come and hit you. They you know <laughs> they were sloping down, and so they just drain right into sure. you. And then I think you know what could go further wrong. And the um, at that point the air mattress begins oh. <laughs> leaking. So, terrible. And Marty Salzman, who was our counselor, you know, saw that it wasn't going to get any better, and he. We ended up walking to find a a place to call so that they would come and pick us up. Wow! So I I, I don't think I ever made it for a whole canoe trip at Camp Ojibwe. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be the first. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you that the canoe trips kind of went away. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for the reasons that they you know, could have gone away at any point, mm-hmm. they finally stopped saying fighting the fight, but have now come back uh, in a very specific manner. I think they've understood that you know. For this to be good for everyone involved, we'll let kids who want to do this do this, mm-hmm. and we have a guy who knows what he's doing taking them. Yeah, and everyone else can just be like, "No, nah, that's good. We're, yeah, <laughs> we don't need to spend three days going to Rhinelander." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, as we kind of wind down, I always ask two questions um, at the end. Question is, you are now a grown up, mm-hmm. I assume, and uh, camp was. A long time ago at this point. How would you say camp has affected your life? How has it affected my life? Well, I think I got some early things with coaching, how to how to do that, how to how to react with other people, how to how to deal with um, situations that come up. I mean, living in a cabin, pretty mm-hmm. pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Seeing how to situate yourself in a group, um, and certainly the theatrical part. I mean, the the, the sparking of that was yeah was really uh, very important to me. And you know, it, it's it's uh, just a lot of good things. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And then that's it. So last but not least, tell me one more great camp story. Yeah. This. And one of my favorite stories, because it's, it's, it talks about the need for communication. The only time I was ever a Peach League coach, I don't know if they still have the Peach League. Certainly. Okay, so I'm, I'm an okay baseball player, and I, and I know a lot about baseball. Um, but so we, I'm coaching this Peach League team, and it's like the last game of the season or something, and we're... I think our team was middle of the road. I don't think we were contending. And but you always want to win. And, sure. and so there was a uh, we were bottom of the seventh inning or the fifth, whatever the last inning was in Peach League games at that point. We're down by a run. The bases are loaded, and I have my least talented guy up. <laughs> And the first three pitches are balls. So I pull the guy aside. I, I can't remember the kid's name. I said, now, nah, the count is 3-0. and oh, So he's going to give you a pitch. I don't care wherever it is. Take the pitch. 
just take the bag. We can be anywhere. Just take it. So he goes up there, and it's a horrible pitch. It's, it's terrible. And he goes out of his way to swing at it. <laughs> and, and he ends up popping the ball up to the pitcher. It's over. And I came over and said, what did I tell you to do? He said, yeah, I know it's a terrible pitch, but, but you, you told me to take it. So I took it. <laughs> and, and, you know, what, what could I say? I mean, it was, it was like, I, I get it. I said, you're right. I'll, 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 I'll tell you better the next time. <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming out and doing this. I really appreciate it. Well, it was a pleasure for me. Did we miss anything? I think we're good. Awesome. Thank Great. you, sir. Okay, that is it. Another one in the books. Bob Nachman. Great time. Uh, I think you could tell he had a lot of fun. And it was also great to have an opportunity to uh, talk with him about his brother. Uh, I know a lot of guys out there uh, knew Jim Nachman and and liked him a lot. So this was a great chance to uh, get a little insight into Jim as well as into Bob. So thanks to Bob for that. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, as always, you know how. Drop me an email. Christopher at CampoJibbaHistory.org. Or just swing by the website. Check it out. New stuff going up all the time. I'm about to make a uh, a journey out to the West Coast. I found a few stragglers I didn't get on my trip before. I found some uh, some folks who are going to be really cool additions to the Camp Ojibwe History Podcast. So you heard it here first. I'm going to go out there, get some interviews, come back, have some awesome stuff to share with you guys. So keep your ears peeled for that as the holidays approach. Okay, that is it. It's a terrible day outside, but at least it's not raining. So I'm going to put on six layers and go have a cigar. Mm-hmm.